right, welcome back to the Wishing Well, and I have with me today a good friend of mine, uh, Rachel Suiza. Uh, Rachel is, uh, I got to know Rachel because she uh, was the girlfriend, but now is the wife of my old roommate, uh, and we are here to talk about the Enneagram Type 1. So, Rachel, how's it going? Yes, it's good. I'm excited to be here. This is like my dream. I feel like there's people who would appreciate being on a podcast, but as someone who listens to podcasts literally every day, at least one or two, this is especially special to me. And you were a no-brainer because, um, you know, we would go to Mexico joints and talk about this stuff just, you know, <laughs> casually. And I know you're very excited to talk about personality. I love talking about personality. Um, and I'm sure you know way more about this subject than I do. Um, <laughs> I feel like you could like go through like each type, <laughs> like mention what the one through nine is. Uh, I, I, I couldn't do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for being here. No, I love it. It's crazy. Cause was I the one who first started talking to you and Sunday about the Enneagram? Cause I remember you guys being in our living room on our at our dining room table and that's when we discovered that you were a one and sunday was a nine and me and riley are flipped like we're the reverse of you guys because i'm the one and riley's the nine yeah so uh i f i first took it with juan correa who's my um brother-in-law but no you know we, we we talked about it more in depth with you uh, and then I, we kind of went into it and, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a one. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, so the, the series is we're only doing a, a two part series. We're not going to go through all of them. But um, so, so, yeah, me and Rachel are going to do the type one. Uh, and then, yeah, it's flipped for Sunday and Riley. Sunday is going to hopefully uh, record with Riley about the type nine. Um, it's just interesting because it's it's, you know, uh, we're both. Uh, so Sunday and I are married and you right uh, and Riley are married. So yeah. it, it fits it fits perfectly. <laughs> they uh, say that those two numbers are are very compatible um, for a number of reasons. And I mean, all the numbers can be compatible with any other number. But a lot of times they say um, nines and ones will balance each other out because they kind of... Um, they complement one another in the sense that a lot of the strengths of the one are the weaknesses of the nine and vice versa yeah totally i, I can see that with sunday i don't know what <laughs> i would do without sunday <laughs> yeah i would be I feel the same about riley yeah I, I would be like super stressed all the time uh so so definitely she's like when she comes home uh like scout who's our dog gets really excited but i'm probably more excited than than she is <laughs> just because uh yeah, yeah she works for like a super long time and works in Miami yeah. so it's like a, a, yeah it's, it's a trip but um so let me start with this I'm gonna read the definition so I'm in the Enneagram Institute mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna read the definition of the type one uh so this is taken from the web website watching conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong they are teachers so that's funny because I used <laughs> to be a teacher and you are a teacher <laughs> yeah. uh, crusaders and advocates for change, always striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. Well, organized, orderly and fastidious. Uh, they try to maintain uh, high standards, but can sleep into being critical and perfectionistic. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience uh, at their best, wise, discerning, realistic and noble and can be morally mm. heroic. 
and and so this is then it goes into four different things but the one on the top it says basic fear uh of being corrupt evil or defective um so uh, rachel uh you're a teacher um how does how does being a one influence that decision do you feel yes okay so it's actually been really interesting becoming a teacher. I think when I first started, or even when I just applied, I had no idea what I wanted to do, literally mm-hmm. until a month before I applied for college. And the thought process was really just, okay, well, I passed like the third grade. I could probably teach the third grade. <laughs> That's right. And- you were trying I to be think, an elementary teacher first, right? Yeah, I started as elementary, and I think that really spoke to the oneness in the sense of wanting to be able to do something that you're good at and that's right. like not scary and you're not going to fail at it. So right. I think for me, teaching felt safe because I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. I know how to do it. I'm comfortable in school. Like, I really haven't had very many issues. I like being a student. I could totally... Right teach it seemed like a super comfortable path because it's something that i knew right and so honestly at first it was just about like seeing a career that i wouldn't fail at but as i got into the program i mean there was a bunch of stuff i ended up switching to teach high school instead of elementary and as i teach now more and more i see so much of the positive qualities in a one in the sense of Mm -hmm. I have such a deep passion for empowering people. I think ones a lot of times have really strong personalities and are really opinionated. They're known for being really black and white thinkers. Oh yeah. And I think that that benefits me because I'm someone who has a very strong sense of self and I desire to see other people and students walk in that same confidence and walk in that same assurance and know that they're capable of doing good in the world and I feel like that's really what I focus my teaching around and it's funny because a lot of times teachers focus on teaching content and I feel like I care about teaching content but more than anything I want to empower students to see that they can accomplish things that they didn't expect to I want to see them really use information that they learn to then make better choices. So like I taught economics, like it's not just that Mm -hmm. we're learning about microloans for the purpose of learning about microloans, but it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's learn about microloans and then let's go check out Kiva.org and see what third world small business owners and entrepreneurs we could support with microloans of $25. That's awesome. So I don't know, it's always about doing something, making an impact, And I see that happen so much as a teacher. I see it in so many different ways because every student is different. And I think that excites me because then I'm living out my passion for changing the world, but I'm seeing other people empowered to do that even more. That's, that's funny. So I first got into teaching, uh, by the way, I still love teaching, even though I'm not a teacher today, uh, necessarily in the, in the, in the classroom, but, um, Mm -hmm. I first got into it because I, I loved ideas and I love talking yeah. about them and, and uh, I love discussing 
I totally uh, identify with that, yeah. But I, I didn't get into it because of the relational aspect of it. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. what you mentioned was the, the relationship. Today, 100%, yeah. the one thing I, I miss about teaching is the relations. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, being able to connect with students and uh, being a mentor, like, those things, Yeah. I never thought I was actually going to enjoy more. And I think it goes really, it goes back to being a one, like, being yeah. kind of a, a, a wise, again, I'm just reading from the website, wise discerning uh, mm-hmm. person who's able to, to lead. So, let me ask you this. Do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yes. What is it? ESTJ. ESTJ. Okay. Is that what you are? I'm an INTJ, but okay. depending on the day, I'll be an ENTJ. It just it just really depends. I, I the N and the S. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so 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 yeah. Maybe with the E, maybe it tends to be a little bit more relational. I still enjoy talking about ideas, but I think I think yes. uh, they're both part of being a teacher. Um, totally. So also about that though, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. Do you know your wing? Uh, for the Enneagram? I think it might be a... I don't know. I forgot what it was. I'm seeing here on the website, it says like nine wing, the idealist, two wing, the advocate. I'm probably more towards a nine, I would, I yeah, would say. That's something they say is a big difference between one wing nines versus one wing twos. Not that you're just one or the other, but mm-hmm. if you lean more towards the one wing two, like I do, it's super relational a lot of times they're more extroverted the one wing nines tend to be more introverted Hmm. um and i mean i love ideas but that might be something that matters even more to you than it would to me yeah you're you're probably more uh you probably care more about the person yeah and just the conversation itself like i just the fact that i get to talk to you about this and it's like an experience that we're sharing discussing it where it's like by talking about ideas I'm getting to know you, right. and that is something I really like. So, w- what are the downfalls? What happens when you're a one? I I could talk about this for days because <laughs> I'm very well versed into my own faults. I think that's a very one thing to do: just be yeah. very uh, uh, self-reflective and self-aware. Okay. Like that's something that it, and and it hits with the perfectionism too. Uh, but yeah. but what are some downfalls that you see in being a one, and how? How do we make it better? Yeah, do we yeah. focus on our strengths? Do we focus on our weaknesses? Um, what, and, and and give me some tips, uh, you to <laughs> me, so so I can kind of learn how to manage. Yeah. Uh, the the messy person, the messy one, I could be. Totally, I think so much of the process of when I realized that I was a one, it was like blew my mind. Right. When I was listening and learning about the Enneagram for the first time, because it's the first time I ever thought the way other people see the world is just different than me. It's not necessarily wrong or bad. It's just different. Right. And I feel like that was the most humbling experience ever. And I think that humility is something that um, has continued to give greater nuance, um, greater refinement to even who I am as a person, even though I am a one, the whole goal is always to move towards the center, um, and pull from all numbers more equally, not be controlled by your number. 
So I think for me, the greatest maybe struggle or challenge as one um, that I really have seen as a weakness is a tendency to feel responsible Mm -hmm. for the actions of others. Hmm. What do you mean by that? So I am someone who, if I see other people maybe making poor choices, wrong choices, hurtful choices, not wise choices, just they're choosing to live a life in a way that's not benefiting them, the world or people around them. Then I feel responsible to do everything I can to change that. Hmm. Do you think and what I yeah is is that to your detriment or do you think that that helps? I think to some degree it helps because I see people with so much potential right. and capable of anything. But the second I start feeling responsible for them, I'm taking on a burden that's not mine to carry. Like people are autonomous and they are allowed to make different choices, and it shouldn't. Um, be something that gives me anxiety because I will almost internalize that and take someone, even if it doesn't even directly affect my life, Hmm. I'll feel anxious about it. Like I need to change it. And then even if I try, maybe I talk to them about something and things still don't change. Then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed about it. When in reality, all I can do is all I can do. You know, all I can do is, if it's appropriate share my opinion sometimes it's not appropriate to share my opinion and i feel like that's something i've had to learn as a one like there are times where i need to listen instead of speak oh my gosh yeah so uh, i i tend to uh, this is something bad i I tend to be a bit judgmental when i see again some someone not doing that's uh, not doing something that's that's for their betterment yeah Totally. Uh, so it, it just is a thing where I'm like, you're not doing that. Why would you do that? Like, it, yes. you need to like get your ducks in a row. Um, and uh, I, I think one fault for me is always I'm very systematic. Obviously, I think yes. that that's a huge thing about being a one. Um, yes. But I find myself planning and sometimes over planning, and I, and I think mm-hmm. planning is good. I think when it comes to um when it comes to the point where I'm trying to take control of every little thing in my life Mm -hmm. that that can build a lot of stress. Um, and we talked Sunday and I talked about, uh, in a previous episode, uh, episode five, um, about control and being okay to that. If, if things don't go the way you had planned, like that's okay. Uh, and at the end of the day, just trying to control the controllables and, uh, letting those things that you can't really control, um, so, for example, in your case, it might be a person who doesn't change despite the yeah. efforts that you're making to um, make their life better or, or mm-hmm. to just be there for them. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And understanding that that's outside our control. And it's so mm-hmm. hard for me to just let that go. Like <laughs> I have to, yeah. I, I feel bad. <laughs> I, I'm always uh, pushing uh, to, to, to control everything that I possibly can yeah. because I, I want to keep a, a good uh, good sense of what the present is. I want to understand everything. Mm. Uh, and for me, it's just been a process of letting that go. Totally. I feel like 
I definitely, there's two things that came to mind when you were talking. Um, and they're both related because I think in both what I was talking about and what you just brought up now, the greatest teacher we have is Jesus because for for even what you're saying, like learning um, when to speak or being judgmental initially, mm-hmm. I just think of the par- or the story of when Jesus was meeting with the woman at the well um, and she was living a life that clearly was not benefiting her or her community um, because she was super promiscuous and Jesus doesn't just say like, Hey, I know what you're doing. It's pretty bad for you and for everyone. He starts by asking her questions like, where's your husband? And she answers it. And I think that that has been such a model for me. Hmm. And instead of sharing my opinion and asserting it to ask questions that, um, maybe unearth the reasoning behind the choices that I see as concerning or hurtful. So I feel like that's been a really good model. Mm-hmm. And then also um, with this idea of control, so much of that was really just got like when, as I've dealt with it and continue to, a lot of it's reminding myself that I don't have everyone's best in mind all mm-hmm. the time, even though I think I do. Like the reality is I can trust God that God's pursuing them and is on a journey with them that's separate from mine. And it doesn't mean their journey's bad because I've gone through plenty. I've made plenty of choices that weren't, you know, on par with God's heart. Right. So I don't have to be stressed out of my mind that in this season of their life, they're doing that. You know, like I can trust that God's persistent and pursuing and will continue to lead and refine or that there will be other opportunities for me to do that too. That change doesn't have to happen immediately. Right. And so that, that also, I guess that strikes up the conversation of patience. Totally. Uh, (laughs) Which is something I feel like I've learned a lot from Riley and I'm sure you've learned from Sunday. Oh yes. I feel time slowing down while I'm with Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the like honeymoon thing, you know, where you like like someone, you love someone, and it's <laughs> like time slows down. Uh, but I can almost feel it slow down when she gets home mm-hmm. because she she brings about a sense of peace. Uh, mm-hmm. And and yeah, I, I, yeah, patience is 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 a big thing for me. Uh, okay. it, it goes with control. I think maybe it's just patience is is maybe just like a subcategory of of trying to control. Uh, sorry, impatience is a, a, a sub subcategory of trying to control things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that is a, a really good point. Um, just being lenient on others and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, mm-hmm. So that happens with other people. Um, but does that ever happen to yourself where you get impatient with yourself? Um, I see here again, the, the, again, the basic p- fear is of being corrupt or evil or defective. Do you ever get impatient with yourself? Do you ever get frustrated with yourself? Um, and I mean, it, I do <laughs> constantly, <laughs> uh, it, and I, yeah. how, how does one battle that? I think that, um, I used to feel a lot more frustrated with myself than I do now. And I think that's because at first 
I was trying to maybe suppress or regulate. Like if I felt a negative emotion, I'd be like, that's, I'm in the wrong. Like I shouldn't be feeling that way. Like it's not fair or valid or right for me to feel like that. But now I feel like I view emotions as just like a signal where it's like, maybe I feel a negative emotion and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what's going on? Like, let it be a signal, not let it be like a definition of who I am. And I think also it's been a challenge to where I've seen myself change so much that maybe when I feel frustrated or see something negative in myself, I'm just like, oh, mental note, I want to do that different. I don't want to be like that anymore. And I think it's really just about being generous to yourself um, and patient with the process of change, not feeling like you're too bad to give up. But I think also with that, the thing that frustrates me most or the thing that's been the hardest for me to deal with um, is how frustrated I am about resentment that I hold. Hmm. So ones like every number has um, like they say, like a, a primary sin or like a struggle that they deal with the most. Mm -hmm. And for ones it's resentment and I can feel that. And there's just like, sometimes there's been situations with some people where I just feel this resentment and this bitterness that no matter how many hours of prayer and work and like changing my behavior, it's just, I cannot let go of that bitterness. And that is the most frustrating thing. Cause it's like, even after all of the work, why is there no change? And I feel like that speaks to the one nature where it's, hmm. where it's like you, you do your hard work and you expect to see results and you expect to see that change. Cause you're trying and it's hard when you're trying and things maybe still aren't changing or you still look at yourself and are maybe disappointed hmm. in how you're reacting. That's interesting. I, I think resentment for me, it um, it's almost like, not that I resent myself. I, I don't know if that's like too healthy, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do find myself asking, I ask myself, why did I do such and such thing? Yeah. And honestly, like one thing for me is 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 self forgiveness and being okay yeah. to like let go of the past for my own decisions. Totally. Um, I've I've been a little bit better at forgiving others, but definitely with myself, that's that it, it could be tough. Um, one thing and you mentioned. I, wait, so, go really ahead. quick, just for a second. I think it's funny because as a one where where people who see the most like beauty and so much good in other people and potential. And I feel like I'm someone who is pretty like, I can look past the faults of others pretty easily mm -hmm. as like, Oh, it's just a fault. Like it doesn't define who you are. Like things can be different, but it's harder when I see that in myself. So I just identify with the self forgiveness and it's like practicing looking at ourselves with sometimes the same kindness we're able to extend to others true one one thing you mentioned was um being a little bit self-reflective about the issues that come up uh and, mm -hmm. and whenever you feel something that could be negative self-reflecting on that 
Uh, yes. It's so interesting. I, I was, I'm reading this book by Ryan Holiday uh, called The Obstacle is the Way. And mm-hmm. he kind of mentions that. He mentions that when you have an obstacle in front of you, that that is actually guiding you to your your next action. Mm. Uh, so when there's a problem in, in my life or something that I need to reflect on or mm-hmm. something that I need to work on, that is that is exactly what I need to be working on. Uh, it's showing me the next course of action. Yeah. Um, so... I, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about um, the nerdy things you do. What is like what are some of the more one things you do, uh, or or areas in your life where you're like, oh, I can, I'm mm-hmm. definitely a one in this because obviously you know I'm I'm disciplined in some things and, and other things I I need to work on. But w- where does your one shine? Oh, this is good. I think teaching for sure like I just am on another level when I get to teach and it goes well I'm like I almost feel like this euphoric like I I get like a runner's high from teaching oh my gosh I I relate to that (laughs) I've been subbing and so subbing you usually just kind of monitor independent work you don't get to teach as much but um one of my old co-workers at the school I was working at he lets me like actually teach because he took over the class I taught last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just got to do that like last week. And it's so crazy. Like I look forward to that period more than any other period of the week. And afterwards I'm like, I just can't even express how excited I feel about it. And even just the idea of mentoring. Like I used to lead um, a small group of high school girls for their 11th and 12th grade year. And those relationships, some of them are still like intact. Like I still hang out with them pretty regularly. And knowing that and just the continued like mentorship and it as like a relationship that's trustworthy and edifying and building each other up, like that make, brings me so much joy hmm. knowing that I get to be a part of and impact people in a positive way. I've been doing that and kind of stepping and leaning into that more, even with like, I'm doing this last 90 days group and getting to send out an email every week that just gets to encourage people. There's so much of that that I love, love doing. And I do some health and fitness coaching and it's the same thing. I just get to gather people together and hype them up. And I feel like as a one that is me walking in my gifts because I'm able to encourage others to live in a way that's self-empowering too and benefiting others. So it's just, that's something I do. Riley probably would be able to notice more one things, but I mean, the discipline definitely in the sense of like, I'm with a group of people and the second it becomes 10 o'clock, I'm like, okay, bye. And I'll leave, I'll leave everyone just to go to sleep. Cause I'm like, that's my routine. That's my schedule. Like I'm going to sleep at 10. I'm waking up at five every morning. Um, I have like a morning routine. Yeah. I have, I've designed my own planner. That is actually a really good one. The other planners weren't doing enough. 
And so I actually designed my own my own planner and no PowerPoint. No way. Really? Yes. That's like such a one thing. I that, that is that is pretty incredible. That's like a different level. Is that like a paper thing you do or did you create it uh, so electronically? I, I created it electronically, um, but I made it blank so that you can like just print it out and reuse it every year. Mm -hmm. But I have like a monthly calendar. I have every week laid out and I, I designed it in a way that I actually like I like my planners so i hate the horizontal days where it's just yeah. like a box and you just write in there that is not enough work so i made mine like uh, vertical so every day has its own like list section and so under the day i have the hours mapped out and so i can visually plan my day uh -huh. and under those hours i have like a to-do list line right so i'm like okay each day what are my to do's and then i have like uh weekly accomplishments at the end of the week and i have like a meal planner in there oh man and like goal setting so Woo. That, that's a one that's a definitely like me living out my one yeah nah. that's crazy i um scheduling has been like something and i'm I, I have tested with multiple things. When I was teaching, I used to just use Google Calendar. Like, that was the best thing yeah. for me. For, for here, you know, running my own business now, it's 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 different. I use this mm -hmm. app called Todoist. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay, I, I basically narrow down everything to just uh, to-do lists. Um, mm -hmm. So, for me, it's, it's, it's been a process of letting go of the control of the hour. Like, actually striking a time, like, when this needs to be done. Um, mm -hmm. maybe it's just me. Like for me, it was like, you know, if, if something was due at seven 30 and it was seven 31 and it wasn't done, I would feel really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I changed to, to do is that basically it's like a to, to do list. He breaks it down into categories and then, uh, in two days. So I, I basically know what I have to get done throughout the day, mm -hmm. um, including meetings, including, um, you know, lunch with someone, um, but it, it, it gives me a little bit more flexibility to when those things yeah. can get done because I do work okay. from home. Um, that's, but yeah, maybe you should share that planner with me so I can look at it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I have it in three different colors. Oh man. So Dude, blue, are, green, are, and pink. Are, are they just like, is that for aesthetics or do the colors actually, are they coded for something else? No, just aesthetics. Okay. Whatever your preference is. Okay. I, I was uh, huge into color coding. Uh, when yeah, I was teaching I classes, still... oh, you yeah. definitely, uh, each color was a, a class. And um, anyway, that, that was fun for me. Planning this the school year was like so such a fun thing for me. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. For me, um, one big nerd thing I do is definitely financial planning. Uh, oh, yeah. When you knew me. Uh, back in college, I was terrible at finances. I, I can't believe the things I was doing with my money. Uh, and you guys kind of like <laughs> hinted at that I shouldn't be doing the things I was doing. But I, I'll talk about that some of the day. But basically, when I, the day I graduated, I had um, no savings, even though I was I had a job that I mean, for a student, it was pretty good. I was making eight hundred dollars yeah. a month. Um, pretty good, more than me at the cast. Yep, and I had expenses paid. I, I basically those $800 were just like a surplus, uh, but I ended up graduating with no savings and 3000, no 3000. It was like $2,500 in, in debt on, on a credit card. Um, and then I took a f trip to the Philippines. <laughs> um, and well, while there, I found out that 
credit isn't really used. It's like a, ga- a cash-based society. So then I uh-huh. ran into problems, and that was the the bottom of it. Uh, but now, like, I love waking up early. Uh, well, I don't wake up as early as I used to. Uh, when I was writing three bedrooms, I would wake up at 4 a.m., Oh and I would God. write from four to five. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it, I mean, the, our schedules, uh, Sunday, my schedule, it, it lined up to do that. Now that Sunday gets home like at eight, uh, you know, I, I do want to spend a little bit more time. So we're not able to go to bed as early. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not that we're not able, I, I want to spend time with her at night. So, yes, so we do wake up course. a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I would wake up at four and, you know, uh, write my script and, and that's how I got it done. You know, I, I think I'd like, I, I wrote like three pages a day, I think. Um, was that while you were teaching too? Well, I was teaching. That's why I had to do it. Uh, yeah. Because uh, from four to five, I would write. And then five to six, I would go to the gym. And six to seven, I would get ready. And then at seven, I would leave to go to school. Um, and I just have to say, I was so impressed because of how many preps you had. Like you were teaching oh, like yeah. five different classes. That is I, I was I was teaching imagine. six. <laughs> I was teaching six and five different preps, but it it was crazy. crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. So for the, props to you for managing to write a script and work out and teach while planning for all those classes and, and go to graduate school and go to graduate school. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that led to exhaustion. That led to me quitting quitting my yeah. job. I mean, it was it was just the time. Um, and and realizing priorities, it it was it was totally. a process. Uh, but for me now today, I have like financial planning uh, apps and trying to like so so I use uh, a, a, an app called Every Dollar, and I also I also like have this Word, actually not Word, um, Sheets document, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of know you know, when everything's going to be paid off and um, hopefully yeah. how much money I will have for retirement and all these things. Uh, and that allowed yeah. us to pay like $30,000 in debt in the past couple of years. Um, yes. But I love Sheets it. I love are it. so helpful because I know Riley and I use that for our budgeting too, because then we can both collaborate on it and we'll like record our spending there. And Riley is a computer wizard, so he made all the little shortcuts and algorithms to make it calculate on its own, like, you know, yeah. if we're going over budget, under budget. Um, but the sheets are really a helpful tool. And it's good just to regularly see what you're spending. I feel like that's something, like, that's just the first step. A lot of people just spend and they don't really look back at what they're spending, so mm. they don't realize what's necessary and what's not necessary so even if like like you could just start there like anybody who's hearing this like if they just start there by like recording what they spend Mm -hmm. that's the first step in financial planning and literacy for yourself yeah and and, i mean well i'm gonna have like this whole episode i'm 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 trying to time it right i don't want to jump into it too quickly but uh (laughs) but yeah the, the 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 budgeting is is definitely step number one i mean if you if you budget you will hit your financial goals. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty much it. You know, uh, for me, every dollar has been like it, it's such an easy thing for me. Uh, so that's that's the app I recommend uh, people use. Do you Sunday just like night. link it with your bank account and it? So for the linking category or something, I think the linking costs money, and I don't Uh-oh. I don't spend money on it. <laughs> so it is it is free. 
Um, okay. I think if you want to link it to your bank account, it costs money. Uh, but what it it allows, um, so Sunday and I can sign into the same account, and mm-hmm. we just record everything we spend uh, as soon as a card is swiped, or shortly thereafter, or at least by the next morning, it is recorded, yeah. uh, and it's a you know we're able to switch numbers without having to put in the code. I'm sure Riley coded it's something that's nice uh, mm-hmm. too. So, um, but yeah, I mean every dollar. Um, I think for first people who first users, if you don't know how to if you've tried Excel or Sheets and hasn't mm-hmm. worked, then it's just it's just a drag. Uh, Every Dollar is an awesome, awesome app. Uh, that's if you want to start taking uh, hold of your budget. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll kind of end with this question: What are some what are some creative outlets for you, and how does being a one affect those? Um, or or aid those, or does it do anything? And and by creative, you don't have to say like necessarily like oh yeah, I, I draw or paint. But um, there's even like creative aspects in teaching. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a different type of creativity. It's um, uh, you know, f- finding the curriculum. That's something that I th- well, I mean, I don't know how much curriculum planning you had to do. I I kind of I got to plan my own curriculum, so that was great. Um, but uh, in, in any sort of creative endeavor, how do you, how does a one affect that? Yes. So for the majority of my life, I thought I was just not a very creative person. Like I would tell people that, like, I'm just not very creative because I'm not good at drawing. I am not good at singing or doing music. All your basic artistic things. I just wasn't the greatest at even like, you know, people who have really beautiful Instagram feeds where all the colors like oh, yeah. match. Even that, I'm like, how do you, how, how did someone do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I just never thought I was creative, but I feel like, especially in the past year, in my first year of teaching full time, I realized that creativity is important to me, but. My creativity is organization. I mean, organization Mm. is like the most creative thing because you are basically synthesizing all of this different information and creating something that makes sense out of it. You're Mm -hmm. you're forming connections um, that are logical. And I feel like that's something uh, that takes creativity to, to make something flow in that way. And so... Like, even if it's a schedule, if I can finesse a whole schedule out where every I have like a million things to do and I somehow manage to find time space to get everything I wanted to do, both fun and like work related or, you know, mm-hmm. my chores and at the same time, like leaving room and scheduling time for a spontaneous hang with friends, like to be able to finesse that schedule like that takes creativity but also like lesson planning with teaching so much of my lesson planning was my creative outlet Hmm. and I loved it. Like I had so much fun thinking of different ideas. Cause I mean, I approach lesson planning kind of from like a different ways, but like literacies and modalities. So I think, okay, this week I need to make sure I give students opportunities to read, write, speak, and listen because those are all the literacy requirements. Mm -hmm. 
And then also I want to make sure I'm hitting every modality where it's, I want to make sure that I'm teaching and doing activities for the visual learner, for the auditory learner, for the tactile learner, for the kinesthetic learner. So I make sure there's movement, there's visual, there's audio, um, and there's some hands-on activity that they can get. And I feel like to be able to think of ways to take just information from a textbook or information from a curriculum and bring it to life, like that is creative. And Mm -hmm. it's at its very core, like that takes creativity to make information come alive and make it fun. And so I realize that I'm an extremely creative person when it comes to creating um, communities and experiences. I love that. Learning, educational, fun, all of it. That's that's so true. I, I see creativity and, and yeah, creating as just sorting order out of chaos. So when you yes. when you see you know in the Bible when when God is creating the earth that's exactly mm-hmm. what He's doing He's just setting order out of the chaos given I I just oh, happen that's so good yeah I just happen to think that art is kind of like that first step um, yeah. you know and like seeing the unknown and then putting putting it into malleable terms that's why you know mm-hmm. paintings and and films they make you feel a certain way but you don't know totally. how to pinpoint it. It's because mm-hmm. it just it just did that. It set order out of chaos, um, totally. and and, um, and that's that's what it is like. <laughs> being you know, making a schedule is a creative endeavor, and making a budget is a that. creative em- endeavor because you do have to set order. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is uh, that is a good description of a one. A one sets order out of yeah. out of a lot out of things. So I think being a creative in 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 my case, being a filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I do. It's it's just said that order um, wow. out of the things given to me. Um, I had never thought of it linked to the creation story. You should so, have taken my film theory class. Oh my gosh, I should have. <laughs> what the heck? So yeah, you just, like blew my mind with that. And I'm like, oh, even more happy and proud to be a one. Hey, like. <laughs> yeah, I, that is the one class I really miss teaching. Um, it was just such a fun topic for me uh, because again, it, it hits, it hits all the spots for me. You know, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm creative. I, 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 in high school, when I was a high school senior, I took AP calculus, got a five. I was thinking mm-hmm. and majoring in math. Uh, <laughs> now I'm like a nerd in finances, uh, but I'm also a creator. Um, yeah. So for me, it's like, <laughs> it was like a film course talking about art, but in terms that you can understand it and also academic and also so teaching it. That was like the prime one right there. Um, <laughs> so I, I really do miss it because it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just a perfect spot for me. Um, anyway, for, uh, so, so just to wrap up for anyone out there, uh, what would you tell a one who's listening right now? If you have I any encouragement. Yes. I would tell them there is so much joy in the world and to see it. That's like mm. the most beautiful thing. I feel like the greatest endeavor for the one is to really choose to live in the joy. Because I think it's so easy to feel disappointed. Hmm. Because we're always seeing the ideal and hoping for the ideal that something's always going to disappoint you. 
but choosing instead to really live in and look at the joy, that's that's what you got to do. That's amazing. I'm, I'm going to close it with this because um, what you talked about was perfect. It actually ta- it spoke to me. Um, oh, good. So I'm going to close out with a scene. It's a scene from the Tree of Life. Uh, oh, of course it is. Yeah. And so if you know me, you know the Tree of Life, I think, is one of the best uh, films out there. Uh, and really, I, I think Terrence Malick was taking from Dostoevsky. So this scene where the dad, uh, well, uh, spoiler alert, if you if you want to know what <laughs> happens, just pause this right now. I'm giving you one second. Uh, the dad gets fired from his from his job, and the father represents nature. He represents a, a sort of tyrannical figure. And when he gets fired, he realizes what he was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll close out that, that uh, this podcast with that scene. Uh, if you haven't seen The Tree of Life, make sure you do watch it. And stay tuned for an episode with Sunday and Riley. Uh, I definitely want to hear that one. I feel like there's a lot to learn um, from that conversation. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. I wanted to be loved because I was great. A big man. man.